All right, let's get in. Uh, today's message, it's been on my heart for a long time, and uh, that kind of helped being able to, to put it together in such a short notice, but it's, it's, it, I, I named it Know Your Soul. You know, know your soul, because uh, many times we, we, there's a lot of confusion out there. It's a lot of confusion. I certainly wa- walked with the Lord uh, since 2004, and, and at the beginning, it's, it's a lot of confusion about what's the end goal of this whole thing. And so uh, I felt like a, it would be, uh, there's a great need to, uh, to take this, you know, and think about these things. Um, for instance, I have a, you know, have you ever, have you ever wondered, you know, or have you ever meditate uh, on what is the first thing that God says when he enters the life of a person? You know, it, it, this is important, right? Because it's like, what's the first thing? You know, it, and you know, Jesus, when, when asked in Matthew 22 and, and other places in verse 36, the teacher, which is the great command in the law, and so Jesus said, this is the one, you know, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Right? And when God chose to, 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 you know, to, to speak to his people, the first thing he said is the first commandment. Right? The first commandment, he said to them, you shall have no other gods before me. No other gods. And you shall not only not make, you do not have any other gods before me, but the second one is like you shall not make for yourself a carved image. No idols of any likeness of anything in heaven above that is in the earth beneath and that is in the water underneath the earth, you shall not bow down to them, not serve them. For I, look at this, for I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God. Jealous God? What's up with that, right? It kind of like, you know, in the English, it sounds, it's just a little shocking at the beginning when we first read that, right? It was like, Oh, wait a minute, I thought jealousy, you know, a jealous person is something kind of like envy. And in, in a way, in the English language, yes, you know, jealousy uh, denotes a, a, a part of an envy for what somebody else has had. Clearly, this is not the, the attribute, one of the attributes of God. And when he, when he tells us, I am, I am your God and I am a jealous God. Jealousy, when it comes to the biblical uh, term, is spoken about it in the terms, I want you to love me and me alone. And then, wow, when I do that with my wife, it comes out of insecurity for sure, right? But God's not insecure, right? This is important to understand because God is not insecure. The reason, because God is jealous because he is, he is love, because he loves you. And he knows uh, what I put here, that <clears throat> the deepest need of your soul is to fall in love with God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That is, the, that is the deepest need of your soul because that there is where there is freedom. Okay. You see what I mean? And so when God says, I am a jealous God, it's because he loves me. And he says, Andres, I don't want you to love anybody else because I love you. I want, I want to set you free. I want to, I want to, I want to see you thrive. I want, to, I want to glorify my name through your freedom and, and, and your enjoyment of me, which is the same thing. All right, so the deepest need of our soul <clears throat> is to fall in love with God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Uh, uh, <clears throat> let's understand why. And just lay out the, the foundation here. Uh, 
that what is the, the, the humanities problem? And in, the, in a way, I'm doing a little bit of a, of a recap of our, the last time we were together. I can believe it's almost, almost a year ago. In November, I was doing my, my checking my notes and like, um, but it, but but you, it's a good refresher, and it's always good to to be reminded of these things. What is humanity's biggest problem? You know that every single person that is that comes in, into existence in this world is that you are born cursed. What does that mean? You're born you're born disconnected from God. Basically, that's what it is. Uh, be, to be cursed is like being disconnected from God unable to love him and, and, and basically to find soul nourishment from him, uh, unable to know his love. That's, that's the bottom line of every single human being that is born into this world. However beautiful and, and innocent at the beginning, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Cursed, un disconnected from God. And that is a problem, right? Because if, 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 if falling in love with God is your deepest need, According to God, then if you have disconnected from Him, how are you going to fall in love with Him, right? So you are doomed, <clears throat> basically, uh, to um, to a life of substitutes of God. Basically, that's what that's what an idol is: idol worshiping. Uh, um, uh, and, and there's no escaping from this. Okay, you you're gonna. Uh, so worship, what is worship at the end? I put it here, like worship is, the, is, is he, no, it's the process through which we obtain soul nourishment from a God. And you can worship anything, you know? <clears throat> but if you worship the true God, there's freedom. But if you worship anything else, then there is bondage. So worship is the process through which we obtain soul nourishment from, from, from a God. And your soul needs nourishment it, you know you will worship something there is no escape in this you see you understand the situation you will worship something by default because you're disconnected from god you're gonna you're just gonna grow up attaching to innumerable amount of of little idols that cannot save you that cannot provide the freedom that you and the nourishment ultimately that you that you that you need uh I found a quote that I was like meditating on these things the other day, and I thought it was uh, uh, um, just like so amazing, and, and I included it here. It's from Simone, Simone Bale, it's a French uh, Holocaust survivor, and she wrote this. Uh, you know, she's like, you know, saying many things, but this quote says, there's only two choices in life, she said, God or idolatry, right? If you deny God, you will worship something, some things in this world. You believe? that you only see those things as such, as things in the world, but in fact, uh, unknown to yourself, you're imagining, you're imagining attributes of divinity in them, and that's, that's why you're upset, restless, and unhappy. You see, it's like a, it, it is a process that we don't, it's not a conscious process. It's just like, it's just how it is. It's the, it's the default. And, and I like, because it's, it, that's how it is. There's only two choices, God or idolatry. And guess what happened? If you're disconnected from God, hey, you are, you know, uh, you're, you're destined. You are. We all are. We all even, however we've been walking with the Lord already, being set free, we still carry the chains of, of, of those idols. And that's what we're going to hone in today, try to work on that and see what, how we can find freedom from these things. So idolatry is idol, idol worshiping, trying to obtain soul nourishment from a false God. You know, and, and, and this 
Idolatry, let's understand this, because it's not just idolatry and God hates it. It's idolatry and God hates it because it hurts us. All right? Idolatry is the source of toxic emotion. All those toxic emotions that we were talking about last time we, we, we met, uh, they, those emotions that we saw dislike, uh, sinful anger, rage, guilt, shame, you know, depression, fear, loneliness, anxiety, envy, greed, the list goes on. But all those emotions have the root of placing in your heart that you have set up an altar to a false god. And, 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 and the, so uh, it is of utmost important that we uh, are aware of what's going on here so we can focus on solving the real problem, right? The problem with humanity is that we are idolaters by default, right? Reaping the, its devastating result toxic emotions, and in the end, hell. Because at the end, hell is, is these toxic emotions left unchecked for eons of years, let's say. You know, if you're, if you're out of here and you have no hope of reconnecting with God, I guess you're going to be just like with the gnashing of teeth and the, the, the fire does not quench and the, and the worm does not die. All those are like uh, um, uh, Jewish uh, idioms for this soul that is overwhelmed by this, by this, you know, toxic emotions. And this is what Jesus came to save us from. Uh, when, when, when the angel, and it's what the angel meant when he said to Joseph in, in Matthew 1, uh, 21, that, that you should name him Jesus because he will save people, or, uh, he, he will get his people from their sins. See, you're born with a condition. It's like a cancer. It's like a, <clears throat> a condition. That's like a politically correct word, condition. You have a condition. You're sick, man. You have a problem. And, and, and if left unchecked, it's not going to get fixed on its own. On its own. Uh, so there is, if this is important, because it's, you know, sounds important, right? I, I think you would agree uh, that this is important. So there's a critical question then. If this is important, then <clears throat> I'm going to ask myself and all of us, can you point... Uh, can you point out uh, some of the idols in your life right now? You know, th th this is a, um, it's an issue that, that it, it's deep in my heart and, and it's a huge burden because, <clears throat> man, if you ask, if you ask the, the regular, you know, how many people, you know, you know the, I don't have the, the, the actual numbers of the statistics, but you ask people, uh, raise your hand if you're a Christian, and boom, it's like a lot of people will raise their hands, right? You know, even though every day is less and less, but it's just an overwhelming majority. And yet, you, when you ask people, if you ask that question, you'd be amazed <clears throat> uh, how little really uh, people are aware of what's going on in here and what's, you know, to, to seek the solution, right? I, 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 I've been guilty of this many times, especially at the beginning, because I, if, if I don't understand, I'm more concerned on just casting out demons or, or just focusing on, oh, I have to be obedient to the law, and, and, and it's rightly so. But, hey, we need to know what's going on. You know, can you point out some of the idols in your life right now? And basically, this is that skill that needs to be developed and that has obvious um, uh, good consequences. I mean, a, a, a nice reward, and also has, <clears throat> a, a, unfortunately, a great uh, deal of 
of misery that we could be sparing ourselves of, right? So can you point out some of the idols that the Lord is dealing with you right now? Because many times, you know, we, we, get, we, get, we get in situations of unrest and God is working on us and he's actually what he's doing and we're freaking out, we have, we're, we're sad, we're angry, we're lonely, we're this and that. And it's because God all of a sudden he's just like decided to, okay, I'm going to deal with this idol and he messes up with it. And, 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 and my idolatry is revealed. I don't know what's going on, but it's just the reality. God messes up with my idol, and then all of a sudden, I feel angry. All of a sudden, I, I, get, I, get, I get lonely. I get depressed. Uh, what is this? <clears throat> hey, it's God doing something in me. He's dealing with it. And I am here. Am I, am I oblivious to it, or am I, or am I, am I, am I helping out? Am I, am I being part of the process, or am I the one like, kicking against the ghost, like, like Paul would, would say, right? <clears throat> Actually, the Lord said to Paul, he said, <clears throat> Let me give you some, some quick tips to, to point out our idols, right? Like, uh, <clears throat> uh, let's just say, you know, one of the first things is like, ask yourself, where do you seek nourishment for your soul? <clears throat> where do you seek nourishment for your soul? And be careful because there's a fine line between enjoying uh, a blessing of the Lord and letting that blessing become God to you. In fact, this is, so, this is so important that I, if you read this, the, the account of the fall of man, at the end of the day, I think we're all in this mess because Adam chose Eve over God. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into, you know, too much discussion about it, but if you read, you know, Adam, Eve had already been deceived, and she, 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 she's a goner. But then Adam, he knew what's going on. The Bible says that he knew what he was doing. So basically, uh-oh. If I eat, I lose God. But if I don't, I lose her. And listen, I don't want to get too much into that, but what is it that, that you seek nourishment for your soul? Because we all do. We all need nourishment. And so where is it that you seek nourishment for your soul? And Paul Washer, <clears throat> a little controversial uh, 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 teacher, but it said something I think is, is, is dead on. He said, tell me what occupies your mind, and I will tell you who your God is. You know, ask yourself, what absorbs, is there anything that absorbs your energy and imagination? What are you thinking about all day? In the, in the, in the you know, in the day-to-day, in the -day, what, what absorbs your energy and your imagination? Where, you see what I mean? You see what I'm going through? Am I, am I alone here? You know, am I making sense? A little bit? Yeah, what, think about, it, look inside. Because God's going to glorify it's going to glorify his name through the freedom he gives you. That's the only way at the end of the day that you're going to just speak praises to him about him with a genuine, uh, you know, uh, life, you know, birth, freedom, right? And so let's, what absorbs your imagination, your energy and your imagination? Because that's what, that's what idols do. You know, they, they occupy your energy and imagination until there's nothing left, right? Uh, at the end of the day, one of the, one of the issues, not issues, but like more straight point out ways to see our idolatries is to look at the source of our toxic emotions. Whenever you're going through one of these toxic emotions that we're talking about, I got the list here, <clears throat> and it's not an exhaust, exhaustive list, but like anger, rage, guilt, shame, depression, fear, loneliness, anxiety, um, envy, greed. Ask yourself, what is at the source of that emotion? What's really going on? Why am I angry? But really, not because he, she did that or that. He, no, no, what is it? If it's, there's an idolatry there. What, is, what idol was threatened? 
You know, am I angry? Am I, am I, am I fearful? Am I, uh, why am I anxious? Why am I, why am I upset? What I, uh, you know, uh, why am I envy? What, what's up with this? You know, it, it's there. You know, there's no denying it. It, 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 come, it rises up. Hey, um, last time I was here, I, I didn't write it down, but St. Augustine had a quote that says, uh, like, toxic emotions are like, a, like smoke from a fire. <clears throat> if you trace the smoke, you, you go straight to the to a place in your heart that you erected uh, um, an altar to a false god. So it's important. Can you point out some of the idols in your life right now? And this, here are some of the ways, you know, uh, you, you, if, you, if you trace your toxic emotions, you're going to find out at the end that, that it will lead you to a deep, hidden need of things like uh, the approval of your parents, the approval of others, the love of your spouse, the success of your children, the recognition of others, accolades, honor, uh, things that you feel like you need to to be somebody. If I things that if I don't have this, I well, than God, right? If I don't have this, my life is nothing. What's not worth living? It's, 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 you know, and these things sometimes it's flat out toxic and overgrown and clear to to see. But many other things are all these toxic emotions that that we uh, we need to um, deal with. Okay, it could be also, you know, the typical like money, sex, drugs, alcohol, uh, entertainment, this and that, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, this, in, in other words, <clears throat> is, is, is what repentance is. At the end of the day, in, in a very practical sense, repentance is the act of identifying and removing idols from your lives. You know, that, you know repent, it's like, hey, let go of your idols and worship me, God says. It's the act of identifying uh, um, and removing. Because it's not just to identify and live in there, right? It's repentance like, okay, I identify, <clears throat> I remove it. <clears throat> and, and let's just say, you know, you're, you're familiar with the term sanctification. And uh, in the life of a believer, of a, of, a, of, a, of a healthy believer at least, there's a sanctification going on. And that sanctification is an ever-going uh, ever ongoing process or, or two-part combustion, right, uh, in the life of a, of a healthy believer of repentance and faith. It's, 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 it's the same thing going on. Repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. In, in this part so far, and, and we, I kind of, kind of went over, over it a little fast, um, it's because we, we already touched up on it. And, and repentance is the part of removing Right? It's like, the, you know, the negative pole of a battery, right? And repentance is identifying and removing out from our life. But today, I, I want us to, to focus in the, on, the, on the other part, on the positive part. Because not only, okay, remove all your idols, but then what? How do, I, how do I find nourishment for my soul, right? It's like you cannot just starve to death. You will not. You're going to, you need air, right? Even people are in the, in the ocean and they say they're drowning, they can hold their breath for so long, but eventually they take that, they breathe, and they, they die because they breathe what cannot give them the oxygen they need, right? And that's what, that's what happens to us. We need to, we need to, we need to uh, get good at first realizing the dynamic that's going on there, but it doesn't just stay in identifying and, and saying, I don't want it. What do I do with it now? What is the solution of God? Because God's solution is what we want to focus on today, right? Uh, so the problem with humanity 
<clears throat> is that we are idolaters by default, reaping its devastating results of toxic emotions and in the end hell. But what is God's solution? I mean, of course, Jesus. That's just everything God wants to give us. He gave it to us in Jesus. Jesus is the, is the yes and amen to every, every, every single one of the promises of God. You know, Paul says in First or Second Corinthians, I think in Second, but he said, he's, he's the yes and amen to all the promises of God. So the, the answer, the solution, of course, is in Jesus. And, you know, like, like we already talked about, like, and he will save his people from their sins, right? And so how, how, how does God give us a solution to this problem? <clears throat> well, first thing he gives us is the forgiveness of sin, right? Uh, that's where it all starts. The, 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 the message of the gospel that God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you. How do you know God's not mad at you? Because Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, guess what? Every, every single debt that you incurred because of your disobediences and your sins and your trespasses, everything has been paid for. Nothing has been left unpaid. Everything was paid for. God is pleased completely. Because Jesus paid for everything on the cross. And how do we know that this is real? How do we know that Jesus was not a fake? How do we know truly that God, God uh, received the payment? Because God raised Jesus from the dead. That is the proof that we are loved. That is the proof that we have been forgiven because we're loved. Right? So, but we have that as <clears throat> the forgiveness of sin. But like I tell, I tell, I tell my, my children, uh, you know, every day. I say, it doesn't stay there. You have to use the gospel. Because if, now that you know that you're forgiven, use the gospel so you can, what? Run to God so he can love you and set you free. You see, it, many times we, do, we, we, don't, we stay there, we know the gospel, but we don't use it. We go on on our merry lives. We go on on our religious activities. But we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't learn the skill of using the, the gospel to run to God so he can love us and set us free. And, and, and like I said, the number one thing that God does in the solution is that he provides us the forgiveness of sin. But then again, remember, the forgiveness of sin is not an end of itself. The forgiveness of sin is for the, for the end of you being able to know God because that's what eternal life is, right? In John uh, 17.3, Jesus said, this is eternal life that they will know you and he's praying to the Father. So at, at the end of the day, <clears throat> it's the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his love. Where true, true salvation is there. But I wanted, I wanted to like, uh, talk about the, the, number, the, the second thing that I wanted to point today, uh, the forgiveness of sin, and then it's, it's a term of the righteousness of God. And I know I try to do this first part as far as I could. But in this part, <clears throat> we're going to perhaps need to put our thinking caps a little bit. So this is like a, let's, let's speak, let's perform for, for, for the next few minutes. Let's put on our, our big boy's pants and think a little bit. It, it's, it's, it's a little deep because it's our, your soul is intricate. Okay? Your soul is it's very intricate. But you need to, un, it, it, by the love of me, I tell you, the devil does not want you or anybody to understand this concept. Because I'll, I'll, you, you'll see why. It's going to become clear. Is it righteousness? What is righteousness? When we talk, you know, that's one of those, those words that we use in Christianity. And then, you know, it, it, you know, for most people, and it, for me for a long time. And in some ways, in some, in some verses, it means, it means that. But, but not in this one. But righteousness, most people think righteousness is just the moral purity. A person is righteous because, oh, look at that. It's, it's, that's not what it is. And, 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 you, and you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you here biblically because it's like a... Um, 
it's not what I think that you need to hear. It's what, it's what the truth of God's word. So I submit to you, okay? See, in the Bible, righteousness is a term of relational standing that says approved or rejected. See, a person is righteous. It's, 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 a, it's a sign of, a, of, of accepted. Unrighteous, rejected. You see? So uh, that's really, you know, what righteousness means in, in, in the scriptures. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, give you the, uh, the, the, a few scriptures where this is uh, clearly talked about. Uh, so you see that, it's, that I'm not making this up. For instance, uh, Paul in Romans 10, verse 1, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved talking about, you know, the, the, the Jews. For I bear them witness that they have a seal for God, but, according, but not according to knowledge. Uh, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, see, there's God's righteousness in one hand, and seeking to establish their own righteousness, it's two different things, right? Uh, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law to, uh, for righteousness to everyone who believes. So you see there's two righteousness. There's two types of righteousness. There's two ways of, of um, obtaining righteousness. You know, that, 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 that sense of approval, right? You, you either get it by self-righteousness. I work my own righteousness. I make myself acceptable. Or there is a term here called the righteousness of God, which in the beginning when I used to read that, I was okay, okay, the beauty and the moral purity of God. No, no, this is being compared to, okay, there is self-righteousness and there is the righteousness of God. There's more. In Philippians 4, for instance, though, though Paul says, again, he says, though I, I also might have confidence in the flesh, and when he uses the word flesh there, it's referring to human effort. He uh, says, if anyone else think he, ha he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so, you know, He's his pedigree where he, where he used to find uh, his righteousness. I am, hey, I'm, I, I am a circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning seal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless, right? But look at this. But that things were gained to me, uh, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And, and here it is, guys, in verse 9. That, uh, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is from, uh, through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So there is, <clears throat> there's two types of righteousness is what I'm trying to, to you know, uh, show you here from the scriptures. You're going you're gonna to be seeking uh, uh, righteousness. And this goes, let's, let's, let's talk about this because this goes for the religious or from the religious. Whether you are you, are you or you have the, the scriptures or you don't. Everybody goes on establishing their own righteousness. Even before you know the Lord. There is a, it, it is a, it is a, it is a, it is a slow process, and it's a, it's a, 
And it's a long one. But every time as you go, you, everybody develops their own standard of righteousness. What, what it is that makes me acceptable, and I, and I hear the messages, you know, uh, if, I, if, I'm, uh, if I hear, you know, the times that, I, that my brothers or my, or my sister or my mom or my dad or, or the people around me, and what you learn little by little, very, uh, very unconsciously, you learn and you develop a standard of righteousness. This is what makes me righteous, and you strive for it, Right? You know, you, you're watching TV and you look, at, you look at an ad that says, hey, you want to be cool, you need to look like this. You, you, may, you may shrug it off for, for, for the first time, but when you, when you hear that message for a thousand times, it starts sinking in. <laughs> you know, we, we, live in the, we don't live in the, in, in the desert. This is, like, this is a, it's just a, it's a message that's being poured into our souls that, that makes us develop these standards of righteousness. <clears throat> And I'm trying to say it here is that it's as whether you have the law or you don't have the law. If you have the law, then the standard of righteousness is keeping the law. And then if I do this, if I do that, I've, I'm, I'm acceptable. So that is the righteousness of man, <clears throat> self-righteousness. And why is this important? Because Romans 1.16 says uh, here is where the power uh, of God for salvation is. You know, the, I, I, I'm not, uh, this is, okay, I, I'm, you know, I detect myself as a, a slave of sin, and I, that's the reason I came to the Lord, because, you know, I wanted help. And, and I've, been, I've been, I don't know, for some reason, I've never been content with just being religious, right? Uh, I want the real thing. You know, I want the real deal. I want freedom. I, I definitely, and, there, and I have a clear message that there is, there's, a, there's a promise out there that God can help. In fact, that he's the only one that can help, and I and I and I want the the that what he what he what he promises. <clears throat> and so all these verses where there is like a, the, the key to power, I I just hone into it. And here it says it clearly: For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So okay, the 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 power is in the gospel, granted. <clears throat> but the second part. By the way, this is the verse that, that saved uh, Martin Luther. It said, for in it, what? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. See, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And the just shall live by faith. And I like this, uh, this better, uh, it's a better translation, like the revised standard version that puts it in, in, the, in, in the original intent meaning. It says, he who through faith is righteous shall live. That's really what Habakkuk was saying, and, 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 uh, and, and Paul is, is, is the message. The, the gospel is where the power is, because in it, the righteousness of God is revealed, and it's all by faith, and, and because at the end of the day, the scripture says that he who, who through faith is righteous shall live. So again, we all are in the process of in the pursuit of righteousness. We think we're in the pursuit of happiness, but it's just the pursuit of righteousness. We want to be accepted, right? We want to be, and whether you are seeking for this on your own terms, patching your own righteousness, that is self-righteousness, or, or you're latching on to the real deal, which is the, and resting on the righteousness that God has given you by saying, you are accepted. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. Well, the, the, the song could not come any, any and we, don't, we didn't plan it. Um, it is, it is uh, uh, of utmost importance that, that we 
develop a, a, you know, a, a self-awareness of what's going on and learn to use the gospel and learn to reject self-righteousness and, 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 and rest in the righteousness of God. Because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, self-righteousness uh, is a, uh, has, you know, the, the two main effects of self-righteousness is, is, is shame and anxiety. Because if you, get, if, you, if you get whatever standard of righteousness you develop, uh, if you don't make it, what are you going to feel? You're going to feel shame, shameful. Oh, I didn't make it. I'm, man, I was supposed to be my dad's this and that, and I didn't shame. You see what I mean? Oh, man, you know, I, you know I, I'm supposed to be, you know, the, the one that keeps the, the house clean and, and, and get all together. My kids are supposed to come out, you know, beautiful, and, but they're not. It's shame. It's just, ah, uh, you know. But if you sort of make it, right? Then it's anxiety. Because now it's the, it's the quest for keeping it. Oh, my goodness. I'm not a loser because I'm an engineer and I have a job, right? And, and, and I'm providing for my family, it's and that. But my goodness, if I lose my job, and then all of a sudden I'm like getting old, and then I get, uh, I'm going to be, a, I can't provide for my family, and they're going to end up in, in, in loser. You see, you know, I've run away from perceiving that I'm a loser. And, I, and I'm sure you, you can relate to me. Where, where, that, where does that come from? <laughs> you see what I mean? It comes from this dynamic of self-righteousness where I have been, you know, I try to attach, attach and get my, 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 my sentence of approval from something that I've turned into an idol. And it, but it's not, easy, it's not easy to see. But God is too, is, too, is too great to let us go without, without dealing with it. And so many times when, when life comes, it gets hard because we all, unfortunately, God works in our, in our idolatries through trials. And trials are painful. And the first reaction is just, it's the devil, it's her, it's him, cast out, whatever. No, no, no. What is it going on here? Know your soul. Why am I like this? What's at the center of, 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 of what's going on, this, this dynamic here, right? So I put here to, to a, a key takeaway <clears throat> for us to understand and, 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 and see clearly or try to see clearly, right? At any given time, you're either patching, your own, patching up your own righteousness or you are resting in the righteousness of God. So remember the concept of righteousness is that sense of being accepted. You're at any given time, you're either patching up your own righteousness and, and, and you end up exhausted uh, uh, and heavy laden in the process. You know, the, the world calls it the rat race. That's what it is. <laughs> Remember the rat race? Like, Who stole my cheese? Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> did you read that book? Um, it, this is what it is. It's the, it's the quest for righteousness on your own because you're naked and afraid. You're like this destitute from the righteousness of God that, that Jesus paid for everything so you and I can have. But we need to be, you know, active in the installation of this in our lives. Right? We need to use the gospel to run to God so that okay, here's my idolatry. What is it that 
that your righteousness uh, is supposed to take its place. Help me understand. Help me see it clearly. We must grow in self-awareness in order to detect when we are patching up our own righteousness, right? So that when we see, oh, next time you're fighting with your wife or you're fighting with your husband and you see something bothering you, and it's just think a little deep. So what, what's the dynamic that's going on here? And when you see the idolatry, it's, it, it, it's so that you, by faith, you turn, you let it go. Oh, man, if I, if I lose my job, that's okay. You know, just let it go. You don't need it. At practical level, you're saying, God, what you're really, what you're really looking for? If everybody calls you a loser, who cares? You know, just you let it go and turn your eyes to rest in the righteousness of God, which means at the end of the day, this, is, this sounds like a trite, but it's, it's, it's so foundational. At the end of the day, the approval of the only one whose approval really matter, you already have. See, at the end of the day, the verdict, the approval, the, thim- the, the thumbs up of the only one whose approval really matter, you already possess. You see what I mean? But <clears throat> if we insist on getting our old, you know, remember the children of Israel when the Moses, you know, they're out in, 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 in the Lord, Moses is giving them the law, and then the Elsa and Moses disappears for like 40 days, and they're freaking out, and, and what they do, they make a, a, a cow on all the gold, and they start like a dancing and whatever. Many times we see that, it's like, what idiots, are you kidding me? What's, who does that? After all the gods, but you know, we judge too harshly, because see what happened, that's, that's, it's so easy to revert back to the things we used to do. And, 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 and when it comes to the dynamics of our own heart and where we latch on for, for nourishment, oh my goodness, there are very uh, um, pristine and clean idols out there. Who, who's going to condemn you for trying to provide for your family, right? Who's going to condemn you for trying to be a good father? But it, so many times, if we dig deeper into what's causing the anxiety, it's a desire to be a good father, but at the end of the day, behind it, it's like, a, I don't want to be a loser. You know, it's, it's, it's that idolatry, that, that latching on or trying to patch on my own, my own righteousness. And <clears throat> I want to kind of uh, live with this because it's, this is not optional. Okay? This is not an optional thing to do. Uh, <clears throat> Hebrews 3 and 4 is all about this when it talks about the rest of God. I just just go ahead and read it on your own. It's just a lot. Of, I try to do a little condensed collage about, about what it is. But in, in Hebrews 3.18 says, And to whom did he swear, God, that they would not enter his rest? But to those who, who, who did not obey to enter the promised land, right, in, instead of staying in the, in the desert out of fear, out of unbelief. So we see, the, the writer of Hebrews says that, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. In, in, in first, uh, verse 1 of first, uh, the next chapter, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, you see, because uh, that's, that's where the rest is, resting on the righteousness of God. Since um, there remains a problem, uh, 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 therefore, since that promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. And in, in, in verse 9, it says, there remains, therefore, a rest of, for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. Right? And let us therefore, therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall uh, according to the same example of disobedience. So 
this rest is not, it's not optional. If you read Hebrews, it's the, 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 the main thrust of Hebrews is like, what are you doing? Get out of your, like going back to your religious ways. You need to focus on entering this rest. And you, and, and, and it's by trusting, it's by faith, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, the knowledge of the love of God will destroy your need uh, for idols and, you know, and usher you into the, into the rest of God. That's why, you know, does this not resonate clearly to what we're talking about when Jesus says, Come to me, O you who labor and are heavy laden. You know, labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Labor and heavy laden from, from, from this process, from this rat race in your own soul. Man, I, uh, it's just a, it's a dynamic that, that brings misery. You know, I, I, uh, I have a, a final exhortation here, and, and I put it this way. It's got two parts. It says, first, but I include myself, we must become aware of what's really causing the pain in, in our lives. You see, uh, what is the real source of misery in our lives? You know, I, I, and it's not them. Okay, it's not, it's not at the end of the day my circumstances. You know, there is a, there's something here, right? Uh, and, and we must become aware of, of what is the real source of pain in our lives. <clears throat> if we want to increase the chances of victory, we must identify what is it that we're fighting against, <clears throat> right? Uh, which is our own idolatrous hearts. <clears throat> it's just like if, if you don't know what you're fighting against, it's, it's too hard to, to, to be victorious. You know, suppose, like, you, know, suppose you, you, you fall and you break your, your, break your toe, and all of a sudden, you know, next day you wake up and you have this huge pain in your toe. How, how, how much hope are you going to have if, if, if next day what you do, you, 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 you take some, like, uh, uh, eye drops? Right? It's like... What, what hope do you have that, that, your, that your toe is going to get healed if your solution is eye drops? I, I, it's, some, it's something stupid to say, but it's like a, many times when we are not aware of what's really causing the pain, we are like just, just so distracted. We're going to be very, you know, uh, un, unlikely to get victorious. And the, and the second part, <clears throat> of course, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process of prayer is to not only become aware of what's really causing the pain in our lives, but also ask, our, ask ourselves, which is basically ask God in prayer to show you how do I use the gospel, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus to expel idolatry from my life. You know, like, okay, show me what's the problem and show me what's the solution to it. And help me see the connection. Now I, 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 hope, I hope that 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 we have been instructed a little a little you know given a little more handles to to see these dynamics in our hearts and, and kind of like got a got a got a, a little uh, you know idea of, of what we need to do and how we need to go about. But at the end of the day, you know it, it, that's why we live in, in in fellowship with one another because we have blind spots and we can we can help each other uh, you know show each other our our. Our idolatries. Uh, many times, you know, we need to, we need to be able to be, we need to be open to be able to be spoken into, right? Because uh, this is important, right? As you can see. So ask yourself, ask God in prayer, how do I use the gospel, the 
the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus to expel idolatry from my life. Because uh, in the end, the message of the gospel, at the end, you don't need anything. See, whatever it is, uh, your idolatry that you're used to is telling you, you need this, you need that, you need the other, and if you don't have it, if you don't obtain it, if you lose it, you're gonna, it creates all that, the mess in the soul, you don't need it. You don't need anything. Because the love of God is all you really need. That sounds, I, you know how evangelists, when I, I was out there and I wasn't even walking with the Lord, oh, God loves you, God loves you. It's like, is that all they have to say? My goodness, if the Spirit of God does not open our eyes to this, we're, we're, we're doomed, but this is, because this is where the power is. This is where the freedom lies. At the end of the day, you don't need anything, and you have the power to say no to any idolatry and let it go, because it's hard. When, when people are like it's doing something and they're threatening your reputation, oh, man, I'm going to go at that. Just let it go, man. Let it go. And in, in, in the sense of what you're patching up, right, what you're using to, to feel accepted, let it go and say, you know what? It doesn't matter. The love of the one whose love only really matters, I already have. It's mine. And, and it's, you heard that saying that when Jesus is all you have, you realize that Jesus is all you need. <laughs> this is it. You see what I mean? This is it. At the end of the day, remember that, remember that message. Whenever, whenever God's dealing with one of your idols and you're like caught up on a, on a whirlwind of, uh, of toxic emotions rising up, Lord, show me. What is it? Show me, let me see things more clearly. See the idol and tell, tell, it, and tell it, I don't need you. You can have it. Let it go because the love of God, which is all I really need, I already possess. Believe it. Amen? Oh, God. So, here we are, Lord. This is your message. This is your, your truth. And... We come humbly to you because uh, unless you, Lord, open our eyes to these things, they're going to sound perhaps too, too abstract. Uh, knowing and seeing where the real problem lies. And if we can even see that, how can we see the solution at the end of the day? So we ask you, Lord, have mercy on us. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, Lord, <clears throat> be merciful to us and help us. Help us do these things so that your name be glorified, Lord, because as, as we grow in freedom from our need for self-righteousness, Lord, your name is glorified in our lives and through our lives. Otherwise, we're going we're gonna to go the way of, of, of self-effort that only brings, uh, 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 it doesn't produce us love. It doesn't produce love. It makes us proud. It makes us careless and callous, demanding to others. We see clearly that it does not produce love, which is the, the fruit of the Spirit. So please, Lord God, I ask, speak to us. Show us as we go here, as we go out, and we enter those trials, and things start rising up in our hearts. Help us to see. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we may see what's going on.
and let your the knowledge of the of the righteousness of God come come just floating away and expelling any idolatry that brings us pain. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.